friends, welcome to today's program. I'm Dr. Fiona Pishka, and you are watching the Fiona Inc. program. Whatever uh, channel you're watching us, or if you're on a YouTube channel, I welcome you today. We are going to be discussing in this series the topic of leadership. Specifically, I will be focusing a lot on women in leadership, but the whole point of these lessons is to show you that leadership is leadership whether you are male or female. There are certain concepts that we must address whenever we're talking about leadership and however we want to go about being a leader. Now, to give some context to today's lesson, I will be using the Bible and I'll be talking about stories from the Bible and examples from the Bible and link it to today's business world and how you can function as a leader, whether you're leading in the office, whether you're leading in church, or whether you're leading in the home. But either way, there are some principles that if you follow them, they will help so very much. Now to get started, we're gonna start uh, with a story in the Bible that is very popular, and I'm sure that you may be aware of it, even if you're not a regular Bible reader. And it is found in 1 Samuel, chapter 17. Now, before I read this story to you, I want to talk to you about one of the first principles of being an incredible leader, no matter what level you're leading on, is to not fear. And that seems like a really big task right up front. But I'm going to show you the difference between some, a group that feared and the one that did not. And then we'll see the results. And then what I want you to think about as we're talking is, what type of results do you want to see in your leadership? And then you're going to follow the examples of the two different groups that we look at, or the two different uh, people. So let's look at 1 Samuel 17. And we're going to start reading from verse, let's see here. Um, let's start with verse 10. Now to set this up, this is where um, David and Goliath, the story of David and Goliath, this is where two armies are coming together to fight each other. And David is on the side of the army led by King Saul. He was the first king of Israel, and the Israeli army is there ready for battle. The other side is uh, Goliath and his army, his team of, of army, fellow army men, are the Philistines. And so every single day for 40 days, Goliath on the side of the Philistines came out and said words to the Israeli army, which was on the other side. And so verse 10 picks up where it says, and the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. So imagine that you have a leader. Saul, I said, was the leader here. And so here you are, the army of Israel, and your leader, Saul, is part of the group that is greatly afraid of this giant Goliath. Okay? When, uh, so in verse 12, now David was the son of that Ephronite of Ben 
whatever the name of that place is, whose name was Jesse. So David's daddy's name was Jesse. And he had eight sons. And the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And then he, the Bible lists the name of the three sons. And Eliab was the firstborn son. So we know right away that as David is being introduced, we know he is not the oldest brother here. This man had eight sons, and David is not number one. As you read on, you'll see. David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. So not only is David not the eldest, but he's also he's the youngest. So right there, in a family dynamic, the youngest isn't really seen as the automatic leader. So David comes on the scene, and he is not seen as a leader from his family members that are, that are present. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. So there we see the 40 days. So now David gets an assignment from his father. So we're setting up this story. Here is the youngest of the family that is getting an assignment from his father. So one of the things right here we see that David was not afraid to follow an instruction and to fulfill an assignment. Right here we see this, okay? So Jesse said to David, his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and all these things that he told him to take. And he told them to look how they're doing and um, how they're faring with their pledge as army men. Okay, that was David's assignment. If you look at verse um, 18, you'll see that. Now verse 19, Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. Now, I find it interesting that it says here they were fighting with the Philistines. I don't think they were doing much fighting. Because when David shows up on the scene, he is going to witness now a fearful leader and a fearful army. So, right, David is coming on a scene full of fear on his side, the group that he is part of or is associated with in his country is all afraid. And all of the, um, you know, this, all of this confrontation and all of this warrior type attitude is across the valley in the Philistines camp, who is the enemy that these, that his brothers are supposed to be fighting for their country. So David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him. Now right here we see David was a responsible leader. He was a leader of sheep. He took care of the family business when it came to their sheep, the herds of sheep that they had. And when he was going to a new assignment, he didn't leave that assignment uncovered undone. He left it with someone that could care for the sheep. And so then he left and he went on his new assignment. So here we see David's life is about to transition, but he doesn't know 
David has no idea what is going on. He just knows that he's been an, given an assignment from his father to go into this uh, battlefield and to, and to give supplies to his family members and to the whole army, frankly. And so he sets off on this journey. So my first question to you is, would you have accepted that assignment? From your household, from wherever you are currently, if someone asked you to take something or to go into a battlefield and deliver something, as, as a person who wants to lead, or maybe as a leader now, would you do that? Would you be comfortable doing that or would you be afraid? So you have to ask yourself these questions. These are important questions to ask. It doesn't matter your gender. If you want to be a leader, you have to be able to decide, could I follow an instruction to my next assignment? This is how promotion comes. So David had no idea that he was about to get the promotion of a lifetime. And yet here he goes, okay? So when he rose up early in the morning, he left and he did all he had to do for his business there. And, um, and so here we come. So he, in verse 22, David left his carriage in the hand of the, of, the, of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. So he's an excited guy right here, okay? And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. Right here, David is about to hear the same words that his three army brothers, the rest of the army, and King Saul had already heard 39 times. So let's say David is there on day 40. And here comes David, okay? And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. <laughs> so here we see that now the men of this vast army led by the first king Israel ever had, that was chosen by God, by the way, Saul, King Saul, and they were afraid at the sight of the enemy. So the words had already done its job. The words of the enemy, the words of Goliath, had done its job. If you read into this passage, you'll see what the words were. But it doesn't matter what those words were. For your life, you have to decide what words have you been conditioned by that just the sight of fighting someone or something or some situation you think is too big causes you to do what this army did. Now, mind you, these men were not alone. They were a group. They were together. It was a whole army. It wasn't one man being afraid. But here we see the power of not being afraid because now one young man, by the way, he was a teenager. History records that David wasn't some 30-year-old man or some 45-year-old father with five children and he owned his own business and now here he could take on a giant. No! This, he, his biggest, um, 
His biggest wins were against animals. <laughs> he hasn't won against a human. He never had the opportunity. He went and he protected sheep from lion, bear, and all these wild animals that came to attack them. But here's the thing. David developed himself right where he was. And in that development, he could get asked to go and do an assignment, okay? Hi, my name is Nadine Rhodes, and Fiona Inc. has helped me beyond measure. Any coaching offered by Fiona Inc., I participate in. She has a God-given gift and ability, and they design in her coaching to pull and to bring forth the best in you and show you strategies of how to walk it out in your life with joy and great success. Oh, let's read on here. And we see, okay, so they were afraid. We're in verse 25. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David spake to the man that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? I find this interesting that David recognized that what this man was doing was a reproach to his nation. It was a reproach. It wasn't something to be revered that you stood there fearfully in front of this big giant. No, he considered it a reproach. So again, what you admire, right? So these guys were admiring Goliath's strength with their fear. So rather, what you're afraid of if you really break it down, you have some level of admiration for its strength against you, okay? So I'm building up to something here for you guys to learn some principles. We're laying a foundation so that you can understand where all of this leadership push and for position and all these things are coming from because the world system is trying to condition you to tell you why you have or do not have a leadership position or why you may be a good leader or a bad leader. And it's all based on visual and what they can tell you to hear. So you're, if you're a believer of Christ or if you want to be one, you can become a believer of Christ. You can become a Christian. At the end of my program, you'll get to find out how in case you're not. But if you're already a believer in Christ, I want you to realize that you have the power of God in you that's already fought every battle and the win is stored up inside of you. So when God gives you an assignment, he has already figured out and he's prepared you that you could do this assignment. God will never give you an assignment that you're not prepared for, that you will lose because he is the one that wants you to win. So he'll make sure that you're ready and you're prepared. So when he gives you an assignment, it's a whole different story, okay? 
So David inquired, you know, about the man, what is going to be given to this man that has, you know, his reproach, Israel 26, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So here we see David has identified the armies for who they were. If you read ahead in the story, in the beginning of the story, one of the taunts of the uh, Goliath against the children of Israel was that they were the servants of Saul, right? So he had to break them down to a human level. And so they forgot who God was and who they were an army for. So David brought the atmosphere back into perspective. When he spoke with the army, he brought the perspective of winner with him, okay? And his response wasn't, ooh, what a big man. <laughs> his response was, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, so shall it be done to the man that kills him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down here? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? Now, tell me this. It's one thing for Goliath, who's on the enemy side, okay, to speak evil against God's army. Now here comes a person that has some bit of fearlessness in them. And they're inquiring about the prize package for winning this battle. And the first person to tell them that they couldn't do it was the eldest brother, was the family member. Okay, the family member who failed is the one telling the new family member on the scene about their motives for wanting to do this. And in order to bring him down to size, he had to diminish the value of what David had been doing all of this time before. Okay? And so David, so I want you to see this is a tip and a technique that you can use in your life. It doesn't have to be a family member. It could be anyone that opposes you, but here's what David did. So we're looking at verse 28. And uh, so David, okay, and with whom did you leave the sheep? And he said, I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou might see the battle. So he thought David was just this little kid who wants to see what his older brothers are doing. Well, could you imagine the shock of his life, David's life, when he showed up and this guy's talking and he's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Like, why didn't you guys take care of business yet? What on earth have you been doing <laughs> for 40 days? Okay, mind you, 40 days, that's more than a month. They've been listening to this enemy tell them who he wanted them to be for more than a month. Maybe you've been listening to an enemy talk to you for decades. 
years, generations, I don't know how long, but do you realize that just one new voice on the scene could change the whole thing? Okay? So David shows up, and he does not agree with the size of the problem. The problem was Goliath. David disagreed with the size of the problem. But here's how he did it, which I think is a secret that, have been, that has been missed. Okay, here's how he did it. Okay, so we're looking at verse 29. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him towards another. So David addressed his brother and said, so what do I do now? Isn't there a cause here? Like, what are you doing? And he did not keep arguing with his brother. Here is a secret in leadership. You do not stand and argue with someone who, for which there's no reward. We already see the dynamic of David's relationship with his family, okay? If you read prior to this, when the prophet came to anoint the new king that would take over from Saul, everybody was invited to this dinner party from the father except one person. That one person was David. David was not considered the first choice ever. He was actually... <laughs> He was only considered when the prophet commanded it be so. When the prophet said, we're not going to start until you go get him. Okay? And so that's how David got to be part of the dinner party. And, and then right in front of everybody right there, he got anointed king. Okay? Now, fast forward, as you can see, him being anointed king did not change how his family looked at him. How his brothers viewed him. And David knew that his job was not to make them like him. That didn't have a reward, okay? His job was to focus on an enemy of God that he knew he could do something about. So what did David do? He answered his brother, but then he turned away. So that is a huge secret in leadership. You have to know who you turn away from. Now, he did not just walk away from his brother and not answer. He answered with a final statement. It was a statement that he made. He was like, first of all, what do I do now? And then the next one is, isn't there a cause? Doesn't this, isn't this, there's something you should be fighting for here? Okay. And then he turned from him towards another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. Meaning, he was asking them, what does the person that wins this fight get? That was the big question on David's, on David's mind. See, when he showed up right away on the scene, if you remember from us reading earlier, when he showed up right away from the scene, and he is like, who is this guy? And everybody now is announcing the reward for beating this enemy. Now, one of the things, um, so now here's, here's the key. Okay, I have several thoughts going through my head on this, but so I want to break it down for you. So first of all, David arrives on the scene. These conditioned men who were trained for battle were accepting that Goliath was unbeatable. 
So David, this young man, uh, arrives on the scene, and right away, after he hears what Goliath says, he's asking, who is this uncircumcised Philistine, meaning who is this person who doesn't have a covenant with God that you're allowing to speak like this, and he is defying God? Who is this person? Okay, so right away, the man is describing the reward for beating this person. So for 40 days, they have had a problem they can't solve. And the king is there. And he still can't solve the problem. And a young man shows up, and he has the answer in him. But the first step to getting the answer out, this is before he approaches Goliath. He is still having a conversation with his side, the army on his side. And he's getting the details. Now... This is a battle worth fighting because there's a reward for it. And so he <laughs> finds out what the reward is. So that when he's finished beating this guy up, he doesn't walk away with nothing and he doesn't get robbed of his reward. Okay? Now, later in David's life, if you read on in his life, you'll find out that he usually would inquire of the Lord or on whether or not he should go to battle. He'll ask, should we pursue and will we win? And God will give him the answer. And that's when he would make a move. And whenever he didn't listen to God or he didn't ask, that's when he would lose the battle. So this is a pattern of David's life. He had a relationship with God. So he protected his relationship with God. These, uh, this army, his brothers and the rest of the guys in the army were protecting the relationship they had with Goliath. They had a fear-based relationship with Goliath. It wasn't even a relationship with the Philistine army. It was a relationship with one man in the army. So examine yourself today as a leader. I have this question for you. Do you have a team of people that you lead? Do you have two people, 10, 120? And are you afraid to make leadership decisions because of one person on the team? You know, where you're trying to avoid making some decisions so that you don't offend them or that they don't get upset and upset the whole team or that something bad doesn't happen to the company. You have to ask yourself this question because if you are avoiding making leadership decisions because of the behavior of a person or the words of a person, then you're operating as a leader in fear. Any operations that we do in fear, we have handed over our leadership to whatever we're afraid of. So if you think you're the leader of that team on which someone's on the team and they keep uh, causing strife, causing discord, causing problems, and you are avoiding doing things so you don't make them mad, they are the leader of the team except you have the position with all the responsibility and all the error that comes with it. You get blamed for it, but they can do what they like and get away with it. So examine yourself to see if you're making those decisions, okay? Now, we're going to move on here, and I want you to see that David, we know, 
ended up, I'm not going to keep reading, but David, we know, ended up going against Goliath, and he used the weapon that he used before. So here is his transition assignment. He's coming from the sheepfold, and he's visiting. He thought he was visiting, and it ended up that Saul said, you're going to stay with me, right? And so he now becomes part. He becomes the leader of the army, okay? Now, one of the steps between him and Goliath, if you keep reading, is that David had to get Saul's permission to do the fight. So David believed in protocol. So David now knows who is responsible for giving him permission. And that's the, that's the conversation that he has. That's the person's instruction that he will follow, okay? So if you see, just keep reading for yourself. I'm going to stop reading for now, but I'm just going to tell you the rest of the story. What David did was he, they took him to Saul. They said, this guy wants to fight Goliath. He thinks he can win. And so he had to explain his resume to Saul. And when Saul heard his resume, see, notice, David didn't argue with his brother and told his brother his resume. His brother didn't care. His brother was upset that he is this young, he's younger than him, so in ranking, he's under him, and then he's telling him he's going to do something that he couldn't do. Have you had those situations in your life? That's what happens, right? So if David had now heard the words of that brother and stopped right there, we wouldn't be reading this story. We wouldn't be reading about the great big fight that David had with his brother, because <laughs> that's not the battle that God was interested in solving right? Instead, we're now reading the story of David who defeated Goliath, right? And so when he went to Saul, Saul gave him permission, but then Saul also wanted him to wear his armor. So David is a young man, Saul is a grown man, and Saul and David are different sizes and heights, and, and so David puts on Saul's armor. Now, notice, David did not argue with Saul. That's protocol. So he's going to fight army battle here, and Saul is telling him, at least put my armor on, which is an honor, frankly, because he's putting on the king's armor, okay? And so David tries it on, but then he gives his feedback. Again, no fear. If David walked in fear, he would have put the armor on, it wouldn't have fit right, and he would have still tried to do it. And defeat would have come. Because he surely wouldn't have been able to run at the giant with that big heavy armor on. <laughs> if you look at the story, it says he ran. He ran towards the giant, okay? So, David did protocol. Saul was the boss. David went ahead and tried on what Saul asked him to do. Then he gave his feedback. Because he was not afraid, he, his feedback was received. And then he was able to use the weapon that he was trained in. And we know the end of the story that David defeated Goliath. Okay? Then they chased down the rest of the army. Then the army was released to finish the battle. Here's the key. It took one 
fearless person to lead the charge of removing the biggest obstacle that was in the way of conquering a whole army. And that person was somebody that was not present from day one. They came on the scene. My question to you is, when you are looking at yourself as a leader, do you look at certain characteristics that have been predetermined by the systems around you to qualify you? So first of all, are you looking that you have no experience in the industry you're in? Well, we know David didn't. David's never been in the army. This was a new industry for him. Do you have a ranking problem in that you are the youngest among them? And so if you were to fill out an application, you probably wouldn't even qualify, right? Do you have no training in an army in the industry? David sure didn't. He didn't train to be a professional army guy, but he knows how to win, right? So what, what was necessary in this scenario was that somebody needed to win against the giant. The army couldn't fi didn't figure out that they, they could have all gone against the giant. And I think they would have won against him. I mean, really? <laughs> he didn't move too fast. He had so much armor that he needed another guy to carry some of his armor for him. So he was technically asking them to fight two people. It makes you wonder, what happened to the other guy? When the giant fell, what did the guy do? <laughs> I mean, he might have just started running right away. Or maybe the giant fell on him. We don't know. You know, he was kind of like the front man. But what I'm saying is, all of those things that we build up in our minds to disqualify ourselves didn't come from God. It didn't come with the assignment. It came from being conditioned to think a certain way. So the first principle to being a great leader or just being a leader is to not fear. Now, I want to break some things down for you. Do you notice that Saul's entire army was afraid? And Saul was also afraid. Do you think that had anything to do with it? Saul being afraid, so the whole army was also afraid? I think so. And now we see that when he accepted this young man to go and fight for them, that it gave hope. At least somebody's willing to take this guy on. I really don't think they thought David would win. They were probably all planning how they would get him out of there alive, or maybe they started packing so they could run. I don't know. But it didn't seem like there was too many people that were thinking he would win. But at least... The, the men in the army did not treat him the way his family did with utter disgust and demeaning him for his position and his job in the family, okay? So here he was, the sheep guy, and they were the army men. It doesn't matter what position you get from anybody. If you can't get the job done, there's something wrong, okay? And God can help you fix it. That's the bottom line. Their biggest issue in front of them was Goliath. And here they're all standing, a whole army, couldn't do anything. So as a leader, whether you are man or woman, your job is to identify your fear factors in leadership. 
And what is that big giant in front of you that you're standing there being conditioned daily? 40 days they were being conditioned by him that now his words were kind of like side thing. They were now afraid of his size, how big he was. And that's what caused them to fear. And David walks in and goes, really? He didn't even say, you know, David did not even identify Goliath as a giant. He identified him as an uncircumcised Philistine. He identified him as somebody that did not have a covenant with God. So my question to you is, whether you're male or female, what are your fear factors? So women, let's address women in leadership on this subject of fear real quick. Women in leadership end up being afraid of what people think about them. And I could be wrong if you're a woman in leadership and you've overcome this. That's awesome. I'd love to hear from you. And I'd love to hear otherwise, too. But it seems as though when I talk to women who are leading, it's always that they're fighting society. They're fighting culture. They're fighting what men think about them. They're fighting what people think they should be. Now, Galatians 3.28 the Bible clears it up for us, and it says there's now no longer Greek, there's no longer Jew, there's no longer Gentile, there's no longer male or female. We are all one, meaning we all have the same footing with God in his kingdom as the other now, Jesus eliminated the caste system, the C-A-S-T-E system. And that is the system that holds people into certain positions because of their status in society, because of their gender, because of their age, because of their uh, ethnicity, because of their educational background. That's the system that determines and, and categorizes people. But here's what I'm telling you. If God has asked you to do something, he has prepared you to do it. He has planned for you to do it. And his systems have rewards in it between you and him. So when you're, when you're battling with someone that does not hold the reward for that battle, you are wasting your time and your resources, and it is wearing you down. And all that it would breathe is exactly what uh, Goliath breathed in the army of Israel. It would breathe fear and basically paralysis, where you're watching an enemy, you have full equipment, you have all the protect, you have everything you need to fight, and you stand there trembling. That's how this conditioning works. So as far as women in leadership go, I want to encourage you women to stop for a minute. Stop all the fights that you're fighting in your job, in your workplace, in your home, wherever you might be fighting things out. And I want you to, to really look at what you're doing right now as far as being a leader and find out if that was an assignment God gave you. If God gave you the assignment, then it's yours. Don't let anyone take it away. Now the next thing you have to determine, are you fighting the wrong enemy? There might be several enemies around you, but you've got to fight the right enemy, or else the wrong enemy will wear you down and you will lose heart. You will lose heart and you will not want to continue. 
And isn't that what's happening with a lot of women today? They're losing heart and they don't want to continue as leaders. But let me tell you something. We need all the types of leaders that God designed for the earth today. We absolutely need you. You have to be active. You have to become active. Now, in the next lessons, I'm going to show you women who were leaders. And if they didn't lead in their situation, the world would look a lot different now. It really would. And we're not sure what it would look like, but I know it wouldn't look the same. And we wouldn't read the same stories that we've been reading. So I want to encourage you today. The first assignment in this leadership series is look at the fear factors that you have been nurturing, that you've given identity to, that you have associated with, and specifically the ones that you protect, the ones you're defensive about. So if anybody questions these things that you're afraid of, you get upset with those people, and you start saying things to them, oh, you just don't understand, and I've been trying for years, and they won't promote me, and all these men are getting a promotion above me. This is what the women might be saying. And the men might be saying, well, they just don't want to listen to me, and I, you know, this guy's too young, and that guy, he, he has all this education I don't have. It, every, it doesn't matter if you're male or female. There's going to be an enemy against you if you're trying to do what God wants you to do. If there's a problem that's there that's been, that's been unsolved for years, I can guarantee you God's picking people to go solve them. And you may be just one of those people. So I encourage you today that you will consider solving the problem that God's put before you or that God has placed you in front of and decide who you're going to have a conversation with and what the reward of those conversations are. If they have no reward, don't be having those conversations. I'll explain some stories of my own life in our next series. But until next time, this is Dr. Fiona Pishka saying, have an awesome day. Bye-bye.